Avast, ye, and welcome to the Gay Pirate Podcast, where two queer IRL pirates talk about our flag means death one episode at a time. I'm Lark Malachi Gray, and I'm the Badger's Knackers. I'm Jesse Blanc, and I've got bad news for you, genital pirate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, today, we're talking about episode three, A Gentleman Pirate, in which Blackbeard ship is tailing the revenge, and Izzy is annoyed that he just can't kill Steve outright, and has been tasked to go personally fetch Steve and bring him on board. On the revenge, Steve is narrating to Frenchie the adventures of the last episode, and Frenchie is trying his best to illustrate the events because Lucius is indisposed. Uh, also, what the fuck's up with their hostage? Steve brainstorms with the crew, and they decide to ransom him back to the English via a fence on the Republic of Pirates. Although Wanda is like, nah, her place was gentrified. They got like an, an artisanal rum bar and a Whole Foods and the Opium Dead's now like a hundred thousand to bloom condo. You don't want to go there. But Steed is ready to come out as a gentleman pirate to his peers. So to the Republic of Pirates they go. But there's another reason Olawana doesn't want to go. And it's, not just, and it's not because of all the tourists. It's because Spanish Jackie has a price on Jim's head for killing one of her husbands. They and Alawande argue about it, and we discovered that they've had Lucius in a trunk for who knows how long. Steed walks in on the three of them, so at least Lucius does not have to go back in the trunk or into the ocean. Now on land, Steed has a white-on-white outfit for him and Lucius while they go try to sell the hostage. Jim sees that there's a bounty on, on their head here and is pissed that it's so low, so they go to Spanish Jackie's bar, running into Steed in the process. Steed makes his grand debut, and Jim and Alawande meet up with the proprietor of this establishment, Spanish Jackie herself. We find out that they both used to work for Jackie before Jim unalived her, one of her husbands. Izzy Han walks in, trying, not very hard, to get Steed to meet with Blackbeard, but of course does not actually say he works with Blackbeard, so duh, Steed declines. Jim sneaks off to grab their family dagger from the shrine of, of, Jackie, of Jackie's dead husband when Jackie herself comes in to pretend to seduce Jim. Jim's off the hook when Steed, attempting to break up a fight, smashes Jackie's nose jar. Steed thankfully does not get impromptu nose surgery when Gerald tells Jackie that Blackbeard wants to talk to Steed, but he is in fact banned from this bar. Izzy, meanwhile, has told Blackbeard that he's been blown off and Blackbeard is fascinated by this. Back on land, Steed is dejected about the day, but Geraldo comes to him with a deal to sell the hostage to the Spanish Navy. It's the best offer that it's the best offer he's had so far, so Steed agrees. Back on the revenge, Jim is pissed because they had to leave their family's dagger, but Lucius to the rescue with some excellent pickpocketing. Geraldo, Steed, Jim, and Roach take the dinghy to the Spanish naval ship, where ominous harpsichord music, it's a trap! Steed is stabbed in the gut and learns the, tr- and learns the truth. Spanish Jackie and Geraldo set them up to get to Jim and the Spanish Navy get to hang a pirate captain, which would have worked if it wasn't for the legend himself, motherfucking Blackbeard storming the ship. Steed, who managed to accidentally hang himself, is saved by one of Blackbeard's crew members and before he passes out, he and the rest of us get our first full body view of Blackbeard. Cute. Uh, some song by the Beach Boys. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay, so 
Real quick, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. Don't forget that you can celebrate Hot Pirate Summer with us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit. And also on our social media, we're on Instagram and Twitter at thegailyprofit. And also we have Hot Pirate Summer merch in our merch shop, which is at hashtag ruthless.com slash shop. Also, it's a fully spoiled podcast. With that, we will enter our first segment, Talk It Through as a Crew where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Um, before before I start, I just want to point out that I think we are both wearing episode-inspired... Wait, is that is that a hand brace, or are you actually wearing it like... It is a hand brace, but also I was like, oh, it's so fun that I have to wear this hand brace today because it is in in keeping. Also, I did like gother eyeliner instead of like full drag eyeliner today because I was like... It's Blackbeard Day. Yeah. Um, in honor of my absolute queen, Spanish Jackie, I'm wearing a velvet t-shirt, which I guess you can't really show up because it's like dark. Oh, no. I noticed immediately <laughs> that you were wearing velvet and I didn't want to say anything because I wanted you to be able to reveal yeah. it on the air. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we will get into my intense feelings about both Spanish Jackie and Leslie Jones later this episode. <laughs> we sure will. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's your turn. Okay. Um, I just want to start by, like, giving Steed kudos, because the Gentleman Pirate is legitimately a fantastic name. It really is. Yeah. Everyone's eye-rolling about it, and it's like, mm, you're all wrong. Steed is correct here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, you got, like, you got, like, Blackbeard, and in the realm of pop culture media, you have, like, Captain Hook, and, like, you know, there's, like, iconic pirate names, but the Gentleman Pirate is such a good name. So. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. It's uh, the Badger's Nap Horse. <laughs> I, so. I think I noticed that line this, on this rewatch after like having watched this episode three times. And I'm like, out of all the talk about people having balls in this episode, this is that is clearly the best one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Um, where does Steve think Lucius is? I feel like we don't quite have an idea of the timeline. I'm going to say roughly it's been a day or two since the last episode. So Lucius has been gone for like two days. (laughs) And it's a large ship, but it's not that big. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a large ship, but it is also the TARDIS. So like, it's possible that Steed thinks that Lucius like happened into one of his hidden compartments and can't figure out how to get out. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So he doesn't seem very, he he only seems mildly concerned, which is also very funny. (laughs) And it's also like a very self-concerned concern where he's just like, not like, oh no, I hope Lucius is okay. He's like, I can't dictate my notes. (laughs) Priorities. R.I.P. Steed Bonnet, you would have loved Siri. (laughs) (laughs) Steed Bonnet would have still wanted a human scribe because Siri is not reliable. That's true. And Lucius does have very nice handwriting, as I noticed when I was, like, pausing on, like, the shot of Frenchie's little notes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scribes and stuff, a thing that I just want to say that I really love in in the list of, you know, things that they're like, we're not bothering with that, is that these quills do not require ink. No. And I think that's wonderful. 
And it's also my understanding that it takes a while for, like, the ink to dry. Like, we get a little bit of that in the first episode where, like, Jim is writing with a quill and, like, sweat drops onto the ink and it smears a little bit. Yeah. But the way that Frenchie is, like, holding his arms with this book, there should just, it should just be a smear of ink. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Lucius walks around, like, flipping pages and writing frantically a lot, too. It's just one of the things where it's like, we're not worried about that. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. So much of my things in this section are about Lucius. This is an excellent Lucius episode. Okay. Um, One of my first favorite things, though, is just... Obviously, Steed is oblivious to this. But just how, like, really fun... Like, hilariously gay it sounds when Steed is like, What are you guys doing? And Lucius is, like, dripping with sweat, and he's like, we're exercising. And I'm like, that sounds like it's a euphemism for whatever, like, three-way is happening. Yeah. <laughs> and Steed is just like, okay, whatever. Help me get my wedding cake outfit on. So. Yeah. It's such a good, because we want our bodies to be smaller, everything's fine. It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I feel like this is the episode where you find out that so many people in this crew are terrible liars, which yeah. seems like a, a soft skill you would want to have as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you don't need it, though, because you just kill people who, you know, question you. That's fair. Um, okay, I have a watching with subtitles point, because when we get to the Republic of Pirates and it's sort of like you're entering the scene and there's like all this stuff going on. The subtitles say lively chatter, laughter, but visually you're seeing two people in a full-on fist fight and someone else vomiting blood into a trash can. And I was like, I don't think those things line up at all. (laughs) Maybe it's like, I actually also have some stuff about the subtitles that I think I find totally less funny. But maybe it's like a joke where you're like watching the thing and then it says like chatter and it's like, yeah, clearly someone's vomiting blood into a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of blood, uh, Lucia's screaming when that person gets stabbed and then just like smears blood on their white coat is... Exactly how I feel whenever I'm wearing just like a white shirt and I inevitably spill like wine or chocolate <laughs> or something that has a lot of turmeric in it. Because I feel like inevitably when I'm wearing a light colored shirt, I just immediately get a weird stain. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and this is why I try to never buy white t-shirts. Because mm-hmm. you just, there's just not, I mean, I don't know how people keep white clothing clean. I just, I don't. Okay, so my next thing is the... Uh, scene where Spanish Jackie and Olawande are talking about what happened to Bonifacia and Olawande is like, I killed her. <laughs> I didn't like the way she handled herself. I thought it were kind of gauche. And like, hey, that's hilarious. But then Spanish Jackie being like, I appreciate that kid. It was fucking kind of gauche. <laughs> perfect it's perfect it couldn't be better if it tried and whoever wrote the script whoever was like you know what word i'm gonna use here is gauche is like 
whatever awards they give people for writing TV scripts, they deserve one because it is perfect. Yeah. I think I would love... So, of course, there's a lot of chatter about how much of... How many lines in the show are uh, improvised just because of the incredible talent of everyone on this fucking show. And I just wish that they could be like a book release where it's like, here are the scripts and then here are the bits that were improvised by the actors. And I'm like, please. <laughs> I know only three people want that book. <laughs> but one of I think is- a lot of people want that book, actually. And it is a lot. I was reading an interview with the person who plays Roach and he was like describing like they would have a script and then like and I don't know if this was just in the first episode because that's I think the only one that Taika Waititi directed but like he was describing it where they would be delivering their lines and he would just be standing like you know behind the camera being like okay and now you're like you improvise a thing go and then like you how do you want to respond to that and just like running an acting class basically and then they would just like keep the best stuff so it was like very heavily encouraged which is really fun for us where we usually you know the only other uh tv show we talk about is Buffy where it was like you could not go off script like Joss Whedon is such a control freak that literally nothing on the show is improvised which is like criminal considering also the talent of that cast right and so it's really fun to have this where you can actually genuinely speculate and be like was that was that improvised i am very curious yeah i feel like i read that the whole like ed bar and grill and tackle shop bit is like improvised that yeah it definitely was which is like and it's just like right just on the strength of these actors and their years-long creative and regular like relationship being able to just like bounce off each other like that like seamlessly it's like Mm -hmm. i think it's your turn um i don't remember if i said this yesterday in a recording or just talking to you but steve bonnet would have loved instagram because the moment where he's like never mind (laughs) but the bit where he's like oh lucius draw me in our and our hostage by this like decorative dead body is the funniest thing and the hostage just like make it a face and you're just like because <laughs> they have like become buddies which is adorable yeah he's like look tortured and the dude's like <laughs> i know uh steed steed is the only tourist on this island that's what's happening <laughs> i don't know we're gonna get into that in the aesthetic section okay um here's something fun is that i have never watched portlandia However, in the scene where they're, like, rowing in the boat to the Spanish Navy ship, and they're like, we brought tapas, and, like, Steed starts to explain it, and the dude from Portlandia is like, yeah, I know about tapas. I was like, that has to be a Portlandia reference. Like, something about the delivery. I don't know. Maybe it's about living. I live in Portland, and so I just am like, this has to be a Portland joke. Um, And I looked it up yesterday, and it 100%, like, is a direct quote from a portlandia episode (laughs) that in which tapas is featured quite heavily (laughs) oh my god why i don't know why it didn't occur to me because i like watched the first five seasons of portlandia but not any of the other seasons but that is really funny yeah um also that whole scene is just like and just roach anyway yeah (laughs) (sighs) okay we get in this episode uh steed's scripted introduction of himself that lucius gives which is also uh, Mm -hmm. our introduction to this podcast 
And watching it and just the way that Lucius says it, it sounds, it reminds me of the way that if you're watching a drag show and someone is being introduced before their drag show, that's basically the way that Lucius is reading Steve's introduction. Yeah. And it, that's basically what's happening. So that's, it's, it's so, it's perfect. so, it's so good. <sighs> yeah. In my dream, when I was like coming up with like how I was organizing the podcast and whatever, like I went with Avastier because I can't deliver high all the way that Steed does when he enters that room. But that was what I really wanted. And I spent a long time practicing and I just can't get my voice to do that. But like, it's, it's so good that I know it's just great. Okay. This is my last thing here is just like, what did you say Jackie's husband's name is? Geraldo? Geraldo. Geraldo? I think it's probably pronounced Geraldo. Anyway, Jackie's husband, his his line when he steals Jim's nose and beard where he's like, you can't fool her, man. She's Jackie, the love of my life. And she's got the biggest <laughs> balls of them all. I don't know. It's just great. It's fucking great. Which is true. I mean, Jackie has big dick energy, so the biggest in just yeah um speaking of speaking of jackie's husband uh i like how he's okay so obviously he is trolling steed the entire time Steed trying to get a drink especially when it is clearly wine that was thrown on (laughs) and he's just like i am not fucking gonna serve you any of our actual alcohol my dude (laughs) yeah i was actually gonna ask you that and the rant section was like this is a this is just him fucking with Steed, right? Okay, 100%, I'm glad. Like Jackie's not drinking <laughs> nose juice out of you know in the back. Like Steed is just not cool enough to get rid of alcohol. Here. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I feel like bartenders IRL when greeted by someone going barkeep should be like, yeah, we're out of alcohol. We only serve blood and yaks here in here. Do you want one of those? <laughs> uh all right i'll have a couple more things both about lucius um so the entire scene where lucius and steed are interacting at the bar lucius is just in the background like gagging into the glass like Mm -hmm. the entire time and i love when people are doing weird things in the background of a scene of a comedy because it's like sometimes it's like hard to catch because you're like watching the actual interaction but then if you've watched enough times and you're just like watching it <laughs> you poor thing. This has been the most tra- This is like more traumatic than being in that trunk from earlier. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it is. And I only noticed it for the first time this time because I fast forward through the whole nose juice thing or leave the room every single time that it's happening because it is, as you well know at this point, like exactly the kind of thing that I cannot tolerate. And like, it it like ruins my day like i hate it so much yeah it's like it's incredibly gross it's like it kind of it's like yeah i think it's honestly up there with the body horror of badminton being stabbed in the eye like it's it's very gross i think it's way worse than that but yes it's it is revolting all right and my last thing is uh Lucius talks about his pickpocketing pickpocketing days the same way I feel like 
white girls talk about their like shoplifting from the mall phase. I think can we talk about that more in the next section yeah. because that feels like a relevant piece of Lucia's history. Yeah, of course. Cool. Welcome to a brigade of imbeciles where we talk about character development. Um, and let's just start with Lucius, if you don't mind. No, let's do it. So I think that he's making light of it, but I actually suspect that this is probably how Lucius got by before he became a pirate after like running away from whatever like, you know, cushy upbringing he had. Oh, yeah. No, totally. A hundred percent. Okay. And I was actually, I'm glad we're bringing this up because I was just like thinking that Knock on wood. Whenever season two is announced, I want there to be an episode about season two where we get a little more of Lucius's backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think combined with this and him being like, my a lot of them I'm about liking girls and the fact that he is clearly from a like upper crust background like Steed is, but has had to, you know, survive without that wealth and without the connections that Steed has before or while during being a pirate, right. you know. And yeah, you're right. Like he, he makes light of it. He's like joking about it. But it's like, no, there's a story behind that that I want to know. Right. Yeah, totally. I just realized like Lucius might end up sort of a like mentor to Steed in the next season because Steed doesn't have money anymore. And he's going to have to learn all the things that Lucius has already learned about like, what does it mean when you run away from when you give up your life of luxury because you're gay and are going to become a pirate yeah yeah definitely he's steed is gonna have to do some actual like real pirate shit yeah you know which i think i think he's prepared for really because like you know this is sort of like i was reading an interview with uh whatever the show creator is where um (laughs) one of the ways you describe steed was a class tourist (laughs) which is very much sort of the vibe uh up until when he i mean basically up until like the act of grace and when he goes home and he's like i cannot do this life anymore and it is obviously very clearly played for laughs especially up to but like this is sort of the episode when you're like actually your competence is gonna is to serious underpinnings my dude Mm -hmm. so you're actually gonna have to figure out how to be a pirate or you're gonna die i mean you're gonna die anyway because you're a pirate but like right less quick how can you extend your life being a pirate exactly yeah um i also wanted to say about lucius i think it was in the first episode where i just mentioned offhand like his inability to say no and we get a lot of that here where he's like i don't want to do this like i actually i don't want to come with you i don't want to be wearing this i want to go back to the ship I don't want to make this announcement. <laughs> like, you know, he has lines. He has boundaries. He draws the line at touching the noses, which, like, fucking good for him. But he has a really, really hard time setting boundaries. <laughs> and I feel for him and also just, like, really appreciate it because he is, again, such a good face actor. And so, like, every time he's doing something that he doesn't want to be doing, he is delivering so much face acting. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like so much of the cast does that. I feel like I noticed today that, like, like Jim is also doing some really incredible face acting in this episode. And you're just like, God damn. Y'all are all so good. <laughs> it's really impressive, too, because so, like, 
both uh, in character, Jim has to be, like, very stoic, you know? But also, apparently, every time they smiled, their beard fell off, like the actor. (laughs) And so, like, they literally couldn't. Um, like anytime someone would like make the cast laugh, Jim's beard would have to be glued back on. <laughs> so, like being able to deliver good face acting when you can't move the bottom half of your face is like such a testament to your skill, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't actually have anything else about Lucius, but we could move on to Jim since we're talking about them. So there's an interview with David Jenkins where he sort of, he mentions that um, Taika Watiti has like cat energy and Rise Derby has like dog energy so it gets Reese Reese sorry Reese Derby has dog energy and this translates into the show where Ed has cat energy and Steed has dog energy and I want to point out that I think that Jim also has cat energy <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like really intensely um, and and not only because the like just the indignant, the, the like them being so indignant about this bounty against their life being low that they're like, actually, I'm going to walk back into this place where the proprietor, a dangerous pirate, literally wants to murder me to be like, haha, you didn't catch me. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm my dagger back. And then it's like, did you think that went through? Because, you know, I, I, I think it was pretty obviously going to fail. Although one day's like, this is a terrible fucking idea. Please don't do this. <laughs> On top of, on top of them <laughs> distracting Alawande by knocking a glass yeah. off of a table onto the floor and then running. It's just like, <laughs> are you shitting? Yeah, no, that is the biggest cat energy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and when they get back to the ship, the fact that they're like, no, it was going to work feels a lot like, you know, when a cat, like, falls off of a shelf or something and is like, I did that on purpose. Exactly. Don't look look at me. What? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like, I did this on purpose thing happening up until the point where the Spanish Navy has Jim and everyone else. Yeah. And yeah, that's just my, (laughs) that's my observation um, about this. And I love it for them. Yeah. I actually wanted to also point out something that I think is really beautiful, which is the accidental slip of like intense emotion that enters their voice when they say you found it when lucius gives them the dagger it's like the first sort of like real deep humanity that we see from jim like their guard is is down for a second there and they immediately overcompensate by like making out with lucius and like being shitty to oluwande but for a, just for a second, the mask slips, and it's really nice to see. Yeah. It's a little bit like if you're ever like, oh, you're looking over your, on your belly, cat. Let me just pet you. And the cat's like, I'm going to bite the shit out of you and claw, like, eight claws into your arm. That's actually because cats really dislike having their stomachs touched, and they show you their stomach to be like, I love you and trust you. And then we immediately violate their trust by touching them in a way that they detest <laughs> It's really so sad that people don't know that. I love cats in their in their hard boundaries. I have learned so much about cats from TikTok that I never knew. And I'm like, I wish I had known this when I had cats. Like, 
human cat relationships could be so much better if people put as much energy into like learning about what cat like body language and boundaries and stuff are as we do into understanding our dogs but i feel like people don't because they're just like you just cohabitate with a cat you know but yeah i have kind of i have kind of a pet theory about that hello well pet theory about that <laughs> too um just about the way that like people and dogs have sort of co-domesticated versus cats who are just like i'm just gonna live in i live i live here now <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah oh so she's like having her belly rub which is that's so special i know she was a very special cat anyway uh we should uh i have ala one day next I don't know. yeah i was gonna say All we're right. having such a nice like everyone every conversation's connecting to the next i would also love to talk about ala day next um I think this is a good episode to see sort of... So I feel like the first two episodes, we see a lot of Alawande's strengths as a character, as a crewmate, as a friend. And this episode, it's like, he's trying so hard to get Steed and Jim to listen to him. And it's just not working. And he's just so anxious. And the whole thing with lying to Jackie is so, like, obviously bad. I'm like, oh, this is not... This is not your strength. I'm sorry, my friend. (laughs) No, I feel like the only thing that he has going in his favor in that scene is that, like, no matter what the truth was, he's going to be nervous in that situation because Jackie is, like, terrifying and in charge and pointing a gun at him. So, like, his obvious nervousness could be for a myriad of reasons. Is the You know, it's not a dead giveaway. Yeah. It, it also made me think that he probably had a much easier time lying to the crew about Jim because everyone on the crew shares a brain cell and therefore <laughs> they're going to be like, yeah, of course. Sure. Yeah. It's like you and your, and your mute friend on the, you know, oh, the girl with knives. Great. Mm-hmm. Red. Come join us. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is the episode, I think, where we start getting really big Virgo vibes from Oluwande. That big Virgo anxiety, you know, and trying to like control uncontrollable situations and like feeling responsible for other people. Like, it's just very, I just really think he's Virgo. Um, also, the like Virgo energy of being like, I had a plan. This is a good plan. I don't know why you don't want to just follow my plan. Mm-hmm. That was the correct plan. Mm-hmm. My plan is to reveal one character Zodiac Theory per episode, I think. So this is mine for this week. Who did we do for last episode? I don't remember. I actually think I just like followed up on Black Pete because I'm trying not to like, sometimes people get mad at us for talking too much about astrology. So I'm trying not to overdo it. Um, Can we talk about Frenchie? Yes. Which, again, like, my love knows no bounds. He says so many funny things. (laughs) I feel like we really get to know him in this episode in a deeper way than we have in the last ones. Like, this is the first time I feel like we have, like, a conversation. Is that right? Like, we see him, like, having fun with Wee John in the last one, and we hear his song in the first one, but this is the first time that we really get this, like, back and forth. And it's, like, everything that he says, you're like, why are you so great? <laughs> what the fuck? You're so fun. 
Yeah, I mean, Frenchie is one of my favorite characters, not just because any black character is immediately my favorite character, but he's just genuinely a joy. And his little drawings. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just sitting there. I'm like, you're you're a visual and, aud- and auditory learner, I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with his like idea of like, we can make a table out of the hostage, which I'm like, <laughs> very gory, but I actually appreciate where you're going with this thought process, which is interior design. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And like, who doesn't love a creative taxidermy? Oh, we get, we're talking about an aesthetics about who loves a creative taxidermy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. Um, yes. Also, I'm shocked. I've seen so many Our Flag Means Death tattoos on the internet, and I have not seen even one of Frenchie's stick figures as someone's <laughs> tattoo. And I'm like, what are you all doing? That's like a $10 tattoo. You can get your friend to do it in a basement and it will be perfect because it, like, you can't mess it up. Yeah, it would look, it would look very authentic to have a stick and poke tattoo of those drawings because I feel like a lot of Ed's tattoos look like stick and pokes. Yeah. (laughs) On purpose. Everyone's tattoos would have been stick and pokes, right? Oh yeah, that's true. There, there were no tattoo guns yet because there was no electricity yet. Right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Do you have anything else about Frenchie? Mm-mm. I shouldn't have anyone else here in this section. Okay. We get our buttons wanting to eat people reference of the episode, keeping track, three for three. Uh, I want to say that Blackbeard hasn't even met Steed and Co. yet, and he already has such an appropriate read on who they are. Fancy man with a fancy ship who travels with a brigade of imbeciles. It's like, nailed it. And I we see Izzy sort of resentfully being like, nailed it, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I know. I feel, I feel like, and as someone who has consumed an unhealthy amount of Our Flag Means Death fan fiction in the past, this past week, I, I feel like... I feel like fans maybe tend to lean on, like, Ed not being as smart as Steve because he doesn't have a, like, formal education. I know. Which is, like, clearly Blackbird is, like, the most, like, the smartest person. <laughs> like, one of the smartest people in this show. I mean, not by his feelings, obviously, but, <laughs> like, tactically, definitely as, a, like, a seafaring captain, he is brilliant, I think, at least in a way that I feel like, like he's just super observant. He's very good at like connecting those dots and like making a, like an excellent observation, you know? I, so I, you know, don't read fanfic. I am like legitimately flabbergasted right now. Like the idea that there's something like more intelligent about knowing what spoon to use than there is about being able to like know what the weather will do based on what color the sunrise was and what kind of clouds are in the sky and like what the date is and where the moon is i'm like i actually think one of those is a lot more valuable than the other and it's not the spoon one like that's wild that's wild to me holy moly i am so anyway um so yes, Blackbird is correct because Blackbird is all, is often correct. <laughs> totally. Unless yeah. it's about his own feelings, which who can't relate to that? <laughs> Truly, yes. 
That's like a hashtag gifted child meme right there. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Everyone stop valuing formal education. It's yeah. not an equivalent of anything that you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, what is my last thing here? Oh, Jackie. Can we talk about Jackie? We sure bit? can talk about Jackie. Okay, great. She brands her husband's. This is like, I feel like maybe the most important thing to know about who Spanish Jackie is. Like, and it took me like four times of watching the show to realize that he has SJ carved into his cheek. (laughs) It's like, that is both deeply fucked up, but also like very hot that she does this. Um, And I think, I think he's into it if we can go by the like... Oh, thanks for spitting on me. I'm really actually into that. I'm <laughs> just like... <laughs> yeah, no, that man is into everything that Jackie does and says. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he probably is just like literally giddy every day that he's the husband that gets to like work in the bar where she hangs out all day. Mm-hmm. Who knows where the other ones are, but yeah. he probably gets to spend the most time with her because of that. Oh, I wish we had seen... I wonder if the mummy has the scars i'm gonna need to look for that i hope that it does like i hope (laughs) that they paid that much attention to detail and that you can see sj carved in the in elfeo de la faca's cheek i also really love the scene the part where what's his face is like baby and she's like don't you fucking dare call me that (laughs) yeah it's very much like I know you're trying to do that because you think I'm distracted, but I'm not about to stand for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, none of my other husbands have a problem with this. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like one of the best characters on the whole show. Uh, no, seriously. And I mean, we get a lot of really spectacular characters that we only meet like once or twice on this show. But I think Spanish Jackie is like by far one of the be- like one of the best characters. Like she's just. It's just so good. There's, like, not a wasted moment with her. Like, there's not a single line or second that she's on screen where you aren't just, like, thrilled, you know? Oh, my God. This, this, the next time when her and Jim have their, like, next meeting is... I don't know. It's, like, one of the best things I've ever seen on television, honestly. Yeah, every time she comes back, I'm just like, oh, it's such a joy. Yeah. Welcome to Do You Fancy a Fine Fabric, where we talk about aesthetics. I have so many things. <laughs> Me too. Um, sorry, I have to get something really quick. I forgot. Okay, I'm back. Please go first. Uh, let's start off with Ed's incre- incredibly goth captain's quarters. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Um, so here are just a few details that I noticed in as part of his, like, elder goth aesthetic. So, mm-hmm. of course, skulls. There's skulls everywhere all over his fucking ship. It's everywhere. really funny, the use of skulls in decoration. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has some kind of, like, black gauzy curtains over the few windows that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, of course, the taxidermied puffer fish that we see Izzy picking up. <gasps> like that! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to grab a prop, and you do. I sure did. You can see his little face. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I said 
be like dry or something. Yeah, it's like right? a mummy. Yeah, uh, along with what I estimate as a person who knows a lot about big cats, a jaguar pelt on the wall, just yeah. due to the size is what I would say. Um, it's just so funny. It like, looks super goth furniture and uh, like fucking like Dracula candelabras everywhere. Yeah, it's just nothing but like <laughs> candelabras with like half melted beeswax candles. And yeah, his chair that looks like a fucking throne because it goes, it go, it like the height of the chair goes past his head. Yeah, and I feel like he's already pretty tall. So you're just like, <laughs> this. Uh, uh, I feel like he probably had someone build it for him. Mm-hmm. I was reading in our terrible history book that uh, Carpenter was a prerequisite, uh, ju- like, per- what role? You had to have one on your ship. There's probably a better word for that. But yes, they always had to have a Carpenter, so. Which makes sense on a wooden ship. Yeah. I'm just imagining having a very soft, soft goth Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, no, I just feel like Ed would, like, seek out a, like, former furniture maker to be their carpenter because yeah like you need to be able to fix the ship but also like i really need you to build me this chair that i have and did you put in this like wood panel these like black wood panel walls that i have mm-hmm. um which are clearly different from like what like it's not like a ship wall because it's the direction of the way the wood is ship lap is that what it's called i feel like that's very in now in it a is way. very in yes my next thing after that is just Frenchie's outfit. <laughs> it's really great. The scarf, I love it. Yeah, it just is. I know that I know that there's various readings of Frenchie's sexuality, but whatever it is, it's not heterosexual. Sorry, everyone. No. <laughs> there's not anything <laughs> heterosexual about Frenchie, uh, which I love for him. Yeah, I don't think there are any straight people pirates on this show yeah i don't think so and uh just for those out there i'm also including people under the ace umbrella as being not straight even if you're a romantic for people of the opposite gender because that's yeah. that's still queer so the, the yes. a in the alphabet mafia is for ace arrow <laughs> so uh yeah so just just clarifying that for everyone yeah i don't think there's anyone straight on and like i feel like even spanish jack i'm like no you have, i know you have 20 husbands but i I still don't think you're straight. <laughs> no, no, no one. Like that is the bisexualist energy that maybe anyone has ever had. Like yeah. she just came and like bumped Faith off her throne, you know, was like, get <laughs> out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even Mary has like her good friend who is obviously bi with the eye patch who we're talking about in the episode. I'm like, even Mary, I'm like, this, this, this show is just where are the heterosexuals i think <laughs> there just aren't any. <laughs> my biggest shock i think of the last episode of of the season is the part where mary has found a new man like i was like really that's not where i expected that to be you mean you hang with all these hot widows including <laughs> one who has legit fucking eye patch and who's like giant and you're like with some like milk toast looking dude <laughs> I mean, I guess good for you. <laughs> but like, what? Yeah. <sighs> yep, I think it's your turn. Uh, all right. So um, I want to talk about the, this like random character who thinks Steed is a prostitute, who is fucking fabulous. He has like a little waxed up mustache and like all this like really gay jewelry. 
that's like layered in a way that reminds me of like I don't know 50 year old 50 year old gay men in like a gay bar that I've seen I think in every gay bar um like you know like he's like like some good eye makeup and this like scarf and I'm just like you are just a fabulous old queen and I love you (laughs) yeah I wrote that he looks like he's ready for a music festival (laughs) in a good way yeah it's like music festival one day, Ren Fair the next day. And it's just like, this is still the same outfit because I'm just going to be awake the entire, I'm just going to yeah. be awake for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a alt music, like a 500 people music festival, not like a mm-hmm. hundred thousand people music festival. Yeah. One of those ones where everyone's just doing mushrooms in the woods. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you like smoke weed with the performers around a bonfire after the, after their set. Yeah. Yeah. No. Every everything about that person is like just incredible, so beautiful, and the fact that like when they're like, no, we're like we're not prostitutes. He's just like, we could have made magic. It just looks. So and I felt I felt the gesture that they make is also just like very limp wrist in a way that's just like very familiar. And I'm just like, I hope yeah. you find someone great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we should probably talk about Steed and Lucius's all white uh, power move outfit. <laughs> so many layers. It's like Steed went to like a seminar about how to like command a room, and he's yeah. like, "This is gonna work here around all of these like grungy pirates." <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say, speaking as someone who's like perpetually overdressed for events it usually just makes you feel out of place it doesn't make other people feel underdressed maybe that wasn't true in 1717 but it doesn't seem to be working for steed either yeah the embroidery though on those outfits pretty incredible i'm not saying the outfits aren't incredible they are incredible like they look yeah so good yeah but like also incredibly out of place yeah i feel like make other people feel underdressed only works around people who care and uh, the Republic of Pirates is not people who care about that particular. They would be worried about standing out the way that Steed is standing out. Which is also, I feel like, Lucius's concern. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, Steed, I don't know if you thought this through. Um, I think whoever gave this advice was scamming you, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's your turn. All right. Let's talk about... I, I feel like I can't describe to you... The sound of joy that I made watching this episode for the first time and them revealing Leslie Jones in this fucking red velvet outfit with the ruffles. Like, it's incredible. It's an incredible ensemble, number one. She looks incredible in it. And like, that she's doing the power move with her outfit that like Steve wish he was, wishes he was doing. Yep, she sure is. And she's got like a little like pocket watch chain happening on like her on like her waist and like of course all of the rings on her fucking wooden hand. It's just like Yeah, and the tattoos on her wooden hand also. Um yeah, I she looks so good. It's like honestly kind of shocking that anyone can just like command that much presence. It's amazing. Yeah. I yeah, I love it. I just I I just love it so much. <laughs> it like never fails to like make me feel like fuck yeah every time I watch this episode because you're just like 
It's like, it should be a thing that is like a little bit silly if you were describing it without seeing it. And then you see here and you're like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, actually, are you taking any more applications for spouses? Like, <laughs> I understand why you have 20 husbands. <laughs> yeah. Um, this watching the episode, the first time I watched it to record this is the first time that I noticed her wooden hand. Actually, I didn't even notice it until I think maybe I saw on the internet after I'd watched the entire show that she had like a wooden hand. I was like, what? Yeah, (laughs) I have watched the whole the whole season, like literally a minimum of like 15 or 20 times. This was the first time that I noticed her wooden hand. And there's so much to look at that it like kind of makes sense to me. And also I have to like be doing something with my hands when I'm watching TV. So like I'm not always paying the most attention visually but still like once you see it you're like oh that's so obvious and also so fucking cool and i love that that's the hand that she smokes with and like what an amazing detail i don't know i'm just like how did i how did i miss it and like i think what's also it's an excellent prosthetic in like in world prosthetic because right you're like you're like watching it and you're just like yeah i did not notice that the first time that i was watching this that it was a wooden hand yeah um, I want to continue on Jackie, but move on to her pub. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone's talking about how the Republic of Pirates has become gentrified. <laughs> and I feel like Jackie's pub is, like, the the example of, like, what this place being gentrified is. Because it's themed. Like, she has a themed pub. <laughs> it's so funny. And, like so tacky in a great way um but it's like this is not a dive this is like a themed pub pretending to be a dive and i think it's fucking hilarious yeah like all of the weird like almost sort of what is it called when you put stuff in jars not like taxidermy but like preserved yeah. stuff in jars is very much like ooh, like <laughs> We're a, like, creepy pirate's bar where there's a, there's a nose jar, you know? Yeah, and the, the fucking mummy out front with the <laughs> behavior self-sign. Yeah. <laughs> Which is clearly just there for people. Like, it's Instagram bait, essentially. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like something that's outside of, like, a roadside attraction where you, like, take your, like, your snapshot with it. Yeah, like she might as well be selling t-shirts with that design on. <laughs> she probably does. Like, I mean, because it seems like Jackie runs the Republic of Pirates. So when Roach is like, is that a gift shop? I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, it is. And that Jackie runs the gift shop. <laughs> One of her husbands is working there and they are what? selling Behave Yourself t-shirts. One of her husbands definitely works at that gift shop. Yeah. So, uh, I just have one last thing. Okay. Which is about Izzy Hands. Okay. Uh, and I mean, I think as the people who have watched the show know that Izzy is really trying to be in a gritty pirate show, you know? But yeah. he is also wearing, like, even though he, and like, he disdains Steed for a lot of reasons. And I think part of it is him, his, like, fanciness. But Izzy is wearing a, like, very nice, like, puff, like, puffy sleeved shirt. With his leather vest. Like, he's he's kind of fancy, you guys. Which I think also probably connects to his sort of internalized homophobia <laughs> vibe. <laughs> uh, but it's like, he, he, I mean, like, 
Ivan and Fang, like, their shit is, like, a little kind of, like, dirty the way that, like, a lot of the pirates that we see stuff is, like, sort of scuffed and stained. But Izzy's look is very clean Mm -hmm. for what it is. And I think it's a lot, I think, I mean, obviously we get a lot of shots of Izzy, like, in the daytime. But I think in this episode is where I notice I'm just like, the sleeves of your shirt, my dude. (laughs) I mean, he probably put on his best shirt to go to, like, Ed would have insisted that Izzy put on his best shirt to go extend this invitation to the gentleman pirate. So mm-hmm. I love imagining Izzy like resentfully getting changed. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait to talk about their unhealthy <laughs> kind of uh, under-negotiated kink relationship that they have going on. <laughs> yeah, I think only one of them knows that it's happening. I think that's also true. All right, my last thing is the Spanish Navy dude's hat. <laughs> what a hat. Incredible. He's wearing a, a very fancy outfit when he's there for the hanging. Like, he has more ruffles, I think, than anyone is wearing, including Steve, who loves him some ruffles. Yeah. Like, his collar is, like, just ruffles. Yeah. And his hat is, like, the size of Rhode Island. I don't know. It's huge. Yeah. And so it's just a very nice shape. It's just a very nice hat. <laughs> yeah, much much fancier looking than I think the British. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're like gross wigs. Yeah. <laughs> the hostage is still wearing, by the way, by this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's his only sun protection. <laughs> that is true. Welcome to Stark Revelations, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Um, so I have a one fucked up thing and then one surprisingly not fucked up thing, but it's still political in nature, which is, so there's a, there's an, there's an interview with Leslie Jones, who plays Spanish Jackie, about sort of her excitement about being able to play this role. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I obviously haven't seen like everything that she's been in, but like most of the things that she in is like comedic. Like she's a comedian, like she's like a funny character. This is the first role I've seen her in where she's like doing like a, like a dead serious acting job. And she's so good at it. Like she is like, and again, this, her energy of Spanish Jackie is just like, it is excellent. Mm-hmm. And like she goes to talk in like this interview about like how excited she was about being able to play a fucking pirate and have like fucking calf knee-high boots and have this awesome outfit and to have 20 husbands and to be a badass because like she doesn't get many roles like that which you know I mean racism in Hollywood but also just kind of like a lot of her comedic roles are sort of like we would like Leslie Jones to be funny in this thing Mm, you know mm -hmm. and so and just like her kind of being like you know I'd love to have more serious acting roles like this or to be like a fucking badass or like serial killer or whatever the fuck. And I also want that for her, not just because I love seeing black women in unexpected places because racism in Hollywood. So it's just like, I mean, I wasn't spoiled for this. So it was literally legitimately a surprise when it's like Spanish Jackie is Spanish Jackie is Leslie Jones. You're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) In a like really wonderful, intense way for me. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just like, yes, please. Give me more badass lady black pirates. And especially because like, you know, on top of racism, like Leslie Jones is like 54. So there's kind of like, you know, a thing in Hollywood about casting older women kind of like in not as many and like not the not the variety of roles when you're like 
young and like cute and maybe some older actors taking advantage of you because you're young and cute because mm-hmm. all those old terrible like so many famous actors are just dating like 20 year olds and they're like in right. their 50s and you're like gross so yeah i'm just really happy to see her here playing this like one of the best characters on this show and like just fucking nailing it you know mm-hmm. and i'm just like happy for her as an actor to be able to have a role like this that's you know obviously this is a romantic comedy and like she says some lines that are very funny but for the most part, she is deeply intimidating in a way. But like, also like, so hot, you know. So like, yes. there's not, there's not like the role that she's playing here is like not stereotypical for a like black actress, and especially like an older black actress who's not as conventionally attractive because of Hollywood standards, um, right? You know, like she's a darker skin actress. She's like an older actress. Um, And she's just like so perfect for this role. And she's just like, like you don't see Leslie Jones, you see Spanish Jackie. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just glad that this show gave this (laughs) to me. I'm just like, it makes me, and obviously there's like a ton of black people on this show, but this is excellent. This is just so fucking excellent. It just, for those of you who are not watching this video, I've just been smiling nonstop (laughs) talking about this because it's just like, deeply important and just also just like so perfect yeah i am with you on all points <laughs> i feel like i just had like one there was like no pauses in that sentence it was like a five paragraph sentence <laughs> it didn't need pauses no i yeah no i think that's perfect and i actually would really like to read that interview and probably oh. so would our listeners so let's make sure we put it in the show notes i pulled it up so i'm going to drop it in the show notes Perfect. Uh, what is your other point here? Oh, um, so I've also been watching this show with the closed captioning to catch some of the dialogue that like is sort of hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of a like unevenness to like some of the Spanish lines showing up in the captions. <laughs> that is like, cause, cause whenever, cause there's, there's, it, cause Jim uses a lot of like. Spanish mixed in to their dialogue. And most mm-hmm. of the time, the caption is just the Spanish, the Spanish word or phrase that they're using. And then with they're on the Spanish naval ship, it's uh, subtitled for in English, for the English, for people who like wouldn't from context clues uh, be able to know what Jim is saying. And sometimes there's some scenes where it just says speaking Spanish. And I'm like, did someone just get lazy with like the, wherever the captioning is? Cause all of the rest of the time, you're at least putting what the Spanish is that Jim is saying, as opposed to just being like speaking Spanish in parentheses. Yeah, I wa- so I watch everything with uh, subtitles. I can't, I can't hear without my subtitles, and that's like really normal. And I've always been bothered by it because it, I think it comes from like the baseline assumption of like only solely English speakers are watching this show. Our goal with this is not for the audience to understand what this person is saying, which is why we didn't put, you know, it sans subtitles, why we didn't put it. And I'm always like, but what about all the people who are watching this who speak Spanish, who are understanding what that person is saying right now? And like, what about all the people who are reading the closed captions who speak Spanish? Like, why? I get that it's like the it's not like a, an important part of like the the point of it in the script is like 
they're speaking another language and like the person that they're talking to doesn't understand them or whatever. But like, why does that mean that we shouldn't have access to the Spanish words that they're saying? Because I think it only translates it when they, when Jim uses a Spanish word in the middle of an English sentence or like as part of. It actually, it actually doesn't, at least in this episode, there were several phrases that Jim said in Spanish that wasn't that, that there wasn't an English subtitle the caption was just like the Spanish word and then the rest of the English words but isn't it like when it's very clear what they're saying like when they yeah. say like be quiet to Lucius yeah I think it puts the Spanish words when it's like oh an English speaker understands what Jim yeah. just said yeah because I think that like Jim calls someone a bastard in Spanish and it's like it's kind of like close enough to bastard in English that you don't need to translate it right yeah and they say like Cayete hombrecito, and it's like most English speakers are gonna understand that that's like be quiet, dude. Basically, um, I don't know enough. Sorry, this is only tangentially related. I don't have enough context for like the different ways that Ito is utilized in Spanish. Like, I know that it's like a diminutive and like it makes something cute. So either it's like adorable that they call Lucius hombrecito, like little man or hombrecito basically translates to dude i kind of want to know which one if you listener know what the answer to that is will you please let me know like what we should take away from from jim adding ito to the end of that because i'm very curious yeah maybe it was uh an ad lib i did read somewhere that there wasn't any initial spanish words in the script (laughs) that vito ortez that's a lot of their input <laughs> into their character is to have the mix of like the Spanish, like the amount of Spanish, like all of the Spanish that Jim speaks essentially is sort of like their Interesting. Input. So does that mean that Oluwande speaking Spanish was also added after the fact? Probably. Cool. Cause that's like one of the best parts of the episode where they meet Jim's grandma. I know. <laughs> so she's trying to speak Spanish so that Oluwande won't understand. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Art of Fuckery, where we rant about stuff. Here's the thing. I know that it's almost certainly not what's intended, but when Jim asks Oluwande to help them throw the trunk with Lucius in over the side of the ship, and Oluwande is like, I don't think that's a good idea, us being on the same team and all. I know that it probably means crew. I will not be swayed from thinking that he means same team like we're both gay. No, that makes total sense. I mean... Great, thank you. And, like, obviously, Oluwande is not, like, heterosexual. So, of course, it's, like... I mean queer when I say gay. Yeah, yeah. Using it as a yeah, catch term. So, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Because, yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. I just like the idea of Oluwande being, like, no, I'm not, like, throwing the only, like, out queer person on this boat over the side. Like... That would be ridiculous. So, um, yes, that's my first thing here. My first thing is that clearly at the beginning of this episode, Steed was really trying to find someone to replace Lucius as his scrub. And we obviously get that Jim can write Spanish and read Spanish and English. So they could probably write English, but Steed will literally never know. (laughs) Because even after the whole, like, I'm a mute that has been revealed, like, that is over. Like, they're never going to 
at all ever give that information to Steve because they fucking do not want that job. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it just makes me laugh. I'm just like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's just like not going to volunteer that, yeah. they are, that they are literate. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just the whole, the whole thing with Steed trying to sell the hostage. <laughs> Man for sale. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. What a good job. <laughs> Check out this fabulous booty I'm walking. <laughs> uh, and Lucius just having the most accurate read of the situation, being like, it is quite unclear what you're selling. And Steve is like, you don't know anything. <laughs> um... <laughs> I am, I am, I am speechless. It's so good. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Um, Steed, Steed, you read a lot of books. You're just not very bright. You're just not, <laughs> you just don't know what's going on. No. Okay, so I have to say, so more, more actor stuff, which is Frank, like this is the least weird character I've ever seen Frank Armistead play. Um, he plays Geraldo. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackie's husband, who was like, yeah, in Portlandia, was on SNL, like, pops up in a bunch of weird, in a bunch of random comedies, like, playing a deeply weird character, often making a, like, with a, like, accent or just, like, a weird intonation of their voice. So to, like, see him playing, like, a mostly normal-ish, if not weird, character is... It's like, it's very, it's like shocking to me where you just like keep waiting to be like, are you going to pull out a weird voice? And it's just like, no, I'm just like playing a dude who deeply loves his badass wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is so strange to me. <laughs> um, But it's like, it works really well, I think. So yeah, I think he does a great job. I don't think I've seen him in anything aside from like, you know, like Portlandia clips that I've seen on the internet again i've never watched like a whole episode of portlandia but yeah this is my first time like really watching him act so yeah but yeah i think i think he's great he does he does a surprisingly good job yeah and like i was also thinking that it's also maybe a thing where like there's a very hilarious height difference between him and leslie (laughs) which we see when spanish jackie like has the knife under Steed's nose and he kind of like sidles up to her <laughs> and like is being really creepy over her shoulder, but he comes up to her shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I mean, love a visual height difference gag. So it's a it's a good choice, I think, the casting choice here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's any like miscast people on this show. No. Everyone just nails it. Yeah, no, they got like just like a whole bunch of like talented ass people for this, and it's just it, you. It just really shows. Yeah, it does. Okay, we've talked about a lot of my stuff here already, so I only have a couple more things. I want to say that I think there's something incredibly wonderful and like very subtle about Lucius's reaction to being kissed by Jim, who has not yet come out as non-binary. 
But having a character who has been established as gay react to being kissed by this non-binary person who he doesn't even know yet is non-binary and be like, I was like really into that. Like, I feel very surprised what's happening is like such a gift. I think I just like from the first time I watched it, I was just like, that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Like, that's very nice. I know the show is so queer. It's just so many. It's just so many queer gifts. Like every episode, it's another. It's another gift for us. Yeah, I agree. Okay, what what do you have next? Oh, I only had those couple of things. Okay, here's my last thing. So obviously, we've been like building to Blackbeard, right? Like we just like these little like glimpses from behind, and like, oh, what is? What are we? When are we gonna see Blackbeard? I fucking adore the fact that we technically get the reveal of Blackbeard at the end of this episode, but we end the episode still not knowing what Blackbeard looks like. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you thought you were going to get it, didn't you? But Steed's eyes are really blurry right now, and his hair is like in his face because he's leaning over, and you have to wait until next episode to find out what Blackbeard looks like. I just fucking love that. It's so good. The reveal, the reveal of this episode is so good. Because like, for the past few episodes, you've only seen like the back of him. And mm-hmm. I think even that the way that Taika Waititi's, like, the way that he pitches his voice is not, like, his, like, the normal speaking voice we get from Ed, like, the rest of the show. So, like, yeah. as a purposely, like, throwing you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all we get at the end of this is, like, his outfit and, like, a vague idea of his face. And, you know, this didn't come out all as one season. People literally had to wait a week to find out. And I can just imagine if I was watching it as it was coming out being, like, Oh my god, like how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I feel a little bad. Before I finished the show, I uh, I actually was spoiled that Taika Waititi was Blackbeard, which is like really unfortunate because like obviously the reveal of it in the next episode is like iconic. Uh, there's a lot of iconic bits of this, of this show, but like... Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about it. Welcome to And They Were Co-Captains, where we talk <laughs> about sexy stuff. <laughs> I guess I've, I've already spent some time talking about how fucking hot Spanish Jackie's whole idea is. But I also like that we get a lot of people thirsting after Jim this episode. Uh, like, I mean, obviously, Jackie's like fake flirting with Jim when they're in the back at the shrine of her dead husband. Um, but it's like kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we have like Lucius just being like kind of into Jim now. Uh, which is also like doubly funny because obviously Alawande wants to be kissing Jim and is yeah. not. Like everyone gets to have a sexy moment with Jim in this episode except, except for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just like, uh, yeah, Jim's real hot. I'm glad we can acknowledge this mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I have here is that we get our meet cute basically between uh, Blackbeard and the gentleman pirate where you know it's so tender just like steve is like dying (laughs) he's like you've heard of me (laughs) i know uh it's it is such a it is such a good meet cute uh yeah someone on i felt like i saw a tweet where someone's like uh you can't tell me that like ed didn't bridal carry steve back to the revenge which is very cute i think considering ed's knee i think he had someone else carry (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> back to the revenge 
But it's definitely there when they're like patching him up and like taking off his now bloody wedding cake outfit. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And like watching over him forever long between this episode and next episode. <laughs> right. Um, which is just like also very tender. And it's just like, oh, yes, I cannot wait to finally talk about <laughs> the two of them together. I know. Holy shit. I know. Welcome to The Crystals Attract Demons, where we talk about history and science and stuff. Do you want to go first? I sure don't have anything for this section. Nothing. Okay. I know. We're going to start with some timeline stuff that I just find really interesting. So in the last episode, we learn like how long the revenge, like the longest amount of time that the revenge has been sailing with this crew is 28 days, because that's Mm. how long Jim has been on the lam. It hasn't been very long, I don't think, between the last episode and this episode. Definitely not more than, like, a week, I don't think. Yeah, if that. Right. So, like, at most, we're looking at 38 days since Jim killed Jackie's husband, who is now a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) So, I looked it up. If you go through the, like, whole you know, like official mummification process as perfected by the ancient Egyptians, it takes 70 days. Any sort of other mummification process where you sort of leave it to the elements, I think takes longer. Sometimes it can be shorter, I think, if you're like in a desert, but I don't think they're in a desert. It seems like they're somewhere mm. tropical. So I'm just like very curious about the fact that Jackie has managed to turn her husband into a mummy in record time. Yeah, I think the, if we're using things that are logical, we could say that maybe they've been in the lamp for a while before joining Steve's crew, which is a possibility. No, they, so they say they've been on the lamb for 28 days. Okay, well, never mind. Then, yeah, it's just one of those, like, things where it's like, uh, I mean, this isn't reality, so we're just gonna yeah. hand wave over this. I'm not complaining about it at all. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Oh, actually, shit, I do have one thing. One, one okay. quick thing. Um, which is about uh, the nose jar. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'll talk to you this brief, which is that, I mean, obviously there's a variety of like weird chemicals and like stuff that people preserve meat in. But it's actually very likely that it's just like clear rum that she's using to preserve those noses. So Yeah, that would be my guess for sure. And that would be a thing that you're in the Caribbean or in the, you know, a lot of rums being made this time you could probably get a lot of clear rum yeah so that part is actually pretty accurate i mean quote unquote accurate but you can preserve things with alcohol so yeah it would make sense it's just booze and noses (laughs) sorry i'm sorry okay i'm done i'm done with that (laughs) thank you okay here's our history lesson for the week from the short and bloody history of knights spies and pirates a terrible terrible history book (laughs) written for middle schoolers which is the only one we're using our next bit of steed bonnet lore that is relevant to this episode from the book is that the debonair major took no part in the actual sailing but strolled the deck in a silk morning gown drink in one hand and one of his many volumes in the other which for the record i mean steed is not doing any of the manual labor right (laughs) no obviously I just fucking love that him walking around in his silk morning gown, like, taking care of, you know, oh, what are we doing with this hostage is, like, historically accurate. (laughs) It's, like, out of all of the things to be historically accurate. 
him yeah. and his battle robe. And I mean, we have to put huge air quotes around historically yeah. accurate because like almost everything that we know about historical pirates is basically fan fiction that was written by some dude like hundreds of years after pirates were, you know, at their heyday published as as fact, which like the joy the joy of having like this show which is like fanfic about fanfic that's about a real person it's <laughs> like so great yeah because yeah because then you can be like again like besides some of the things that are like physically impossible it's like this could have happened like we don't fucking know pirates yeah. are gay as fuck who knows exactly you know? all right Welcome to Petrified Orange, where we do a lightning round of our new favorite things. What's your first one? My noses! <laughs> <laughs> it just never <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Yeah, actually, my first new favorite thing is also related to that, and it is Lucius's delivery of, no, I'm not going to do that. And Steve <laughs> asks him to help. <laughs> If you're going to have a hard, a hard boundary, I think that is it. I think that's a good one to have. I agree. <laughs> is that the one where he's hiding behind a, like, someone with, like, a, a, a not like an accordion something? Yeah. Yeah. What's your next new favorite thing? <sighs> the fact that Steed brings, like, eight plates of tapas <laughs> to the Spanish <laughs> on a rowboat. They're just loose. They're just holding. It's like they're going to a potluck. They're just like holding these plates while Ugh. Jim and Roach do the actual manual labor of like rowing the boat. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> My second one this week is genital pirate. It's <sighs> so good. Awesome, we did it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to rate and review us. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit. Join us on social media. We're at thegailyprofit on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time. Farewell, Bonnet's Playthings. Bye.